Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Adam Klickfeld's weekly Rashi study class. Chapter 4, um, I have us having read verse 15, on which there's no Rashi, uh, which I want to I read verse 15 again to see if there are any lingering questions on it. Um, and if not, we'll jump right into verse 16. So, um, verse 15, uh, which in our pagination in the Torah Chaim is page Memzayin. Vidibarta elav, you, um, Moses, will speak to him. Vesamta et hadvarim befiv. This is God speaking to Moshe about Aaron, who in the previous verse we're being told is maybe even already coming to meet you, Moshe. You will place the, you, the words in his mouth. Vanochi and I, God, we talked about the, the significance of the Anochi here, the Anochi of Anochi Adonai Lohecha of the Ten Commandments. Eheyeh, we talked about that as just a verb form meaning I will be, but it's also the, um, the, 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 the name by which God said God should be known to the Israelites. Eheyeh, Asher Eheyeh, Redust Eheyeh, I will be. So it could either just mean I will be, or it's a hint at God's name itself. Impicha, strange language we talked about. I will be with your mouth. We wouldn't say that in the English vernacular. It might just mean that's maybe how it was said in, in ancient Hebrew. Um, or there's something deeper there. The impihu, I will be with his mouth as well. The whole I will instruct you, I will teach you. If you want to play with it, I will Torah you. Same with Torah. Et asher tasun. That which you should do. Um, and we spoke about. Uh, the word tasun there is an odd verb because everything up until now seems to be about speech, but tasun seems to be about action. It doesn't say, I will teach you everything you need to say, but rather, I will instruct you everything you need to do, suggesting there's going to be something happening in, in Pharaoh's presence and the Israelites' presence that's not just words, but also some kind of an actions. Maybe that's hinting at the the uh, the signs and wonders that are going to be displayed. Okay, that's where we are. Rashi was quiet on the verse, um, has more to say on the next verse. Let me pause to see if there are any comments or questions on this. Barry? Well, just taking literally one by one here, it's very interesting, the sequence. Uh, speak is sound to the ear and uh, put words. Uh, how, how, how to put words. He's already speaking, uh, and now, uh, in addition to speaking, he's going to put words uh, mm-hmm. in his mouth. And, and, and then the other the, the difficulty is to, I, uh, God says, I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. So it, it, there's, there, there's speaking and hearing, and, and then there's putting in the mouth, and then being with the mouth. And and then the, the last is uh, uh, teaching for action, but it's it, 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 it's an odd sequence. I, do we ever see this repeated? Is this ever repeated elsewhere? It's sort of interesting that <laughs> Rashi and others, uh, mostly Rashi, are not picking up on that potential redundancy. Right? Once God says that you will speak to Him, what else is being conveyed by, and you will put words in His mouth? Right? Isn't that what? speaking to him is, or we're supposed to understand that. Everyone get the same uh, 
same warning. Let's take a look at it, see if there's anything that triggers for us. Not near us. Okay. Um, or is the de, is the debarta elav what you're saying to him and samta advarim befiv what you are telling him to be saying to them, right? Uh, but it's, but it certainly is a zeomer darsheni uh, place, right? A, a place about which you would say that this is inviting a drash and Rashi's quiet on it. So it, it's a good pickup, Barry. That it's not it's not the it's, it's not the only way that could have been expressed. Okay, anything else in that verse? Okay. Let's go to verse 16 and see how far we get. Uh, Renee, you want to read verse 16? Um, and he will speak for you to the people, and it'll be his mouth that for you, and you will be to him like a, like a God, like a master. Yeah. I mean, the, your pause in translating that is one of the very interesting things about the verse, right? There are several interesting things about the verse, even though the vocabulary, it's another one of these verses where the, with their vocabulary is easy, right? If you know rudimentary Hebrew, you know what daber da, da means, you know what who means, you know what lacha means, you know what am means, you know what pe means, you know what ata means, you know Elohim means, but still, how to put it all together is interesting. First of all, look at the two lachas and ask yourself, I'm kind of leading the witness a little bit as we prepare for Rashi. Ask yourself if the lacha in the first phrase and the lacha in the second phrase means the same thing. Remember that prepositions in, in biblical Hebrew are pluripotent, a lamed and a bet and, a, and even a mem preposition means many more things than we normally translate them into. Okay? The second one has a dagesh in sign. Yeah, that's also interesting. I, I, you know that I love um, the details of diacritical marks, and I have no idea why, the, why there's a negation that limit. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, there's, there's no grammar that I know that suggests why that letter should have a negation in it. Um, but, but, that, but, but that's besides the point. If someone has a thought, please share it. V'diberu lacha. He, this is now still God speaking to Moshe, Moshe about Aaron. He, meaning Aaron, will speak lacha. How do we translate that? He will speak to you. He will, he will speak to you. But then you have another two. El ha'am. He will speak to you, to the, to the people. Just, you know, we hold that. Vahayahu yelacha lepeh. And he will be for you to a mouth, as a mouth, or a mouth. Again, the lacha, it's hard to know how to handle the lacha. Vahatati elo. And you will be to him, for him, as him, Lelohim. And again, Lamed as an as, as a two. And the question of what does it mean to say for God, for Elohim, to say to Moshe, that you, Moshe, are going to be to Aaron and Elohim. Right? So lots of places where we could throw some, throw some questions at this verse. Let me pause and see if other people have, have thoughts or comments on the verse where we look at the Rashi. And yes, hi, Joni. Welcome to sunny California. Um, Okay. Uh, oh, I see. I didn't see the hands. Uh, Rick. Hi. Um, the uh, the dot and the dagesh, you know, that um, it sometimes shows the doubling of the letter. So if there's two lamas there, maybe there's one for Aaron and one for Moses. There's the two people standing there. That's all. Yeah, I mean, you, you could drush that. I, it's still, 
it, it still is unclear to me why grammatically there's a lamb there because normally there's a dagesh if it's a beged kefet, one of those six letters in the beginning of a word or in a syllable, or if it's because of a structure of a verb or a noun required a doubling of a letter, but there's no, aside from a midrashic answer of Aaron and Amosha, um, there's no grammatical reason why that letter would need to be doubled. Barry, is your end, hand up again or still? I can't hear you. It's up again. Ah, okay. I took it down and put it back up. Okay. Uh, so uh, up until now, uh, Moshe has been told he's going to do two things. He's going to speak to the people and he's going to be speaking to Pharaoh. The only thing that Moshe has complained about so far is speaking to the people. They won't listen to him. And, and so uh, up, up, what's occurring now is that uh, Aaron is going to speak to the people. We are not, not, we're not discussing yet who's talking to, Mo, uh, to um, Pharaoh. Um, we've also said that literally Moshe is going to be putting his, his words into Aaron's mouth. And, and so it's, it's, it's a literal, almost like a puppet thing, putting his words into uh, and, and Aaron's, his mouth will be for him. And, and, and so going on consistently here is that uh, um, uh, he, he, he will be uh, for, for you a mouth, a, a mouthpiece. Yeah, and, and there's a double marionette going on because there's God instructing Moshe what to instruct to Aaron so that it'll finally end up in Aaron's mouth, but originally it's emanating from the Holy One, right? Um, if you look at the Uncleus for a second, because the Uncleus um, gives us a preview in the Rashi, and there are two interesting things to to uh, to pull out. Um, so the Malel Hu Lach, that's pretty a straight translation of he will speak for you, la'ama to the people. The Yehu maturgaman. Maturgaman is how Uncle handles the word peh, right? Now, there is an Aramaic word for mouth. This is not it. Anyone know what a maturgaman is? What does letargame mean in Hebrew? Translator? Translator, right? So letargame means to translate. And the word maturgaman had uh, ritual significance. In, in ancient Judea, the Torah was read in Hebrew, and simultaneously, the Torah was translated by a maturgaman into the lingua franca of the, of the era, which was Aramaic. So it's interesting that Uncleus, who is doing a tirgum on the Torah, used the word turgaman, which is really what Uncleus is doing to describe what Aaron would be doing. But it's a very interesting choice because, yes, that is the role Aaron is playing, but that's not what the word pet means. So one of these one in a hundred places or so where Uncleus goes into commentary rather than straight translation. And you will be for him as a Rav. What does the word Rav mean? In, what's your guess as to what the word Rav means in this um, Aramaic? Not, not a rabbi. Not a rabbi, right? So Rav can mean rabbi. What else can Rav mean? Anyone? Teacher. Rav can mean teacher, right? What else? A holy person. Um, the word doesn't mean that. There are people who are called Rav who might be considered holy, holy people, but the word Rav doesn't necessarily mean a holy person. Many. There, Dan? Many. Ah, so it could be a, a plural, right? Like Rabim and Yachid. And there's a four, and there's, and there's yet another thing that Rav can mean, which is probably what it means here. Master. 
right? Rav can also be the same as Adon, right? Adon can be the beginning of the word Adonai, meaning God. But what does the word Adon really mean? Master, the one in charge. So the Aramaic Rav, um, well, well, of of those, if you, if we're guessing what Uncleus was trying to say when he's saying that that God says to Moshe, "You're going to be to Aaron as an Elohim." And we can't imagine God saying to Moshe, you're going to be to Aaron as a God. Is it saying you're going to be to Aaron as a rabbi? You're going to be to Aaron as a teacher. You're going to be to Aaron as many, or you're going to be as an Aaron, to Aaron as a master, the one in control. Which do you think they might have meant or he might have meant? I can tell if people are chatting or just asked before. Okay, so let, let's hold that because it's, it's an interesting choice by Uncle List. The Maturgaman is an interesting choice, and the choice of turning Elohim into Rav is interesting. And let's see what Rashi has to say on it. So, um, Renee, you're up still. So, if you can read the Rashi um, on the Diber Hulach. Diber Hulach, Bishlacha, Yedaber El Ha'am. Hold on. So, so, what's the, how has Rashi, what's the point that Rashi has already made? That he's going to speak for him on his to the people on on his behalf. So how is Rashi choosing to read our verse in an interesting way, or how is he resolving one of our questions on the verse, or what's his question on the verse? Any of those? Who's doing the speaking? Well, the 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 who's doing the speaking is clear in the verse. That the the challenge in the phrase "vidiber hulach" is uh, sorry "vidiber hulacha" is the lacha right? Because lecha can mean two. And Rashi is aware of the fact that after the word lecha, you have el ha'am. So to you and to the people. And the first thing he does is say, no, lecha here does not mean to you, but means bishvilcha. So he's, he's tr- basically rendering lecha as bishvilcha, as if the verse said, v'diberhu bishvilcha el ha'am. Aaron will speak for you on your behalf to the people. So the first lamed as a preposition in our verse does not mean to, it means more for or on behalf of. Okay? Okay, so this is, it's, it's hard to read. I mean, it's, it's challenging to understand Rashi anyway, but he's now giving us a grammar lesson in Hebrew. So let's see if we can figure out what he's saying. So, Zeyochiach, anyone know what the word Yochiach means? It's like proving or showing. Correct. So, this example, Rashi is saying, Ze, Ze meaning what I have just shown you, Yochiach, proves or or strengthens the argument that kol lecha veli velo velachem velahem, meaning that's his way of saying any times that the that the preposition lamed is in a declension to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to use an English word too to make sense of it, even though he's saying it doesn't mean to. Like li to me, lecha to you, lo to him, lechem to you plural, lechem to them. When you have any of those constructions or any others, he doesn't include them. It doesn't, doesn't have lahen in there for feminine. He, it doesn't have lanu, but it's, he's, he's listing them to make a, uh, a category. 
Hasmuchim ledibur. What does that mean? That it's, cha- that it's changed with the speech. But what does Samuch mean? Uh, uh, Anyone? Changed? Not changed, like... like um, Intertwined? Con- con- connected or close to, right? What, or associated like, with. Isn't it like a contraction? Like it's like smichut? Like... Yeah, smichut is the grammatical form when you have two nouns next to each other that are modifying each other, and that's and so you have certain changes in the word as as a result of it. It's you know you know beit sefer is is, is smichut because you have two nouns who are samuch to one another, connected to one another, right? Bound. So samech mem chaf means to be bound, connected together. So what he's saying is, any time you have a l word lecha li lo lechem lechem hasmuchim associated with, connect to, juxtapose to, dibor, the verb, meaning to speak, then, shekulam lashon al heim. What does that mean? If they all have the meaning of four. Correct. Don't read them as two, Rashi's saying. Read them as bishvil, or al, or ligabe, or four on behalf of, right? So, um, it started with a problem in our verse, and he's saying this verse is the archetype that helps us understand every time you come in the in the future, reader, if you come upon a Lamed that with a pronoun attached to it or a pronoun a, a, a pronoun suffix, and it's connected to Dibor, don't read it as two, read it as four or on behalf of. Larry, Diane? So Diane just said to me, every... Anglo-Hebrew speaker overuses bishvil, and I was wondering why, why, why the text didn't say or Rashi didn't use bishem in the name of. On beha- in English, on behalf of is what we would say. Yeah. What do you mean by overuses bishvil? So bishvil um, becomes so. So when you when you go from one language to another, you basically. At, the, at least at the beginning, you translate from one to the other. And so in an attempt to translate for, Bishvil is, is the easiest thing to translate the English for. But the truth is, <coughs> it's not used that much in Hebrew. It's much more likely to be L. But because prepositions don't translate directly, that's like the hardest thing when you're changing languages. So you're meaning that... that- that non-native Hebrew speakers who are learning Hebrew overuse Bishfiel? Is that what you're saying? Right, right. Gotcha. gotcha. Including, including Rashi, apparently. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> you know, Rashi, you know, he probably went to Ulpan and he had a teacher who was, you know, fair and therefore he, he didn't learn all these nuances. Yeah, why? There are many arguments from silence as to why Rashi didn't say Bishimcha or Lichvodcha or Latovatcha. Why? Like uh, your question or your comment, Diane, is interesting and also enters us into an uh, unresolvable notion of what did the word bishvil mean in 12th century or 11th century France? Like we just we just can't know we, or we can know by inference. Um, but yes, I think you're right that I'm sometimes even aware when I'm speaking Hebrew that I'm that I'm I'm cutting my teeth on prepositions because I'm trying to render it directly and I'm forgetting to think in Hebrew. Right. Can I make this more, can I make one other just one other comment about prepositions? Yeah. For anybody, I'm curious if anybody else who speaks or tries to speak multiple languages has this issue. I spoke French when I was learning Hebrew, 
And so when I was speaking Hebrew, all the prepositions came out as French prepositions. And then when I learned Portuguese, Hebrew prepositions interjected themselves when I was speaking uh, Portuguese. Sometimes the same word because prepositions tend to be very small words. And so (laughs) they show up in weird places. And I'm almost always wrong. The preposition (laughs) I've chosen is almost always wrong. So, Oh, I definitely remember third, fourth grade when I started learning French in my elementary school, which I never learned well. But small words like L um, would check me up. And for some reason, I don't know why this is so strong in my memory. I got, I, I don't remember if I made the mistake from French to Hebrew, Hebrew to French, but I learned regel in Hebrew, which means leg, and regla in French, which means um, ruler. And I definitely used one in the wrong way, either in French class or in religious school class, because it was the same word. It was just meaning entirely different things. Yeah. I wanted to show you a Rashi from elsewhere in the Torah, uh, just to... Um, that this is not the only first time actually that Rashi uh, makes this comment. So hold on one second. You go back to Parshat Vayetze um, from two weeks ago, where um, Yaakov is having his dream. And right before he wakes up, he's hearing God or the angel say in verse 15, the imcha. Interesting that it's that that. What we're about to read is a, is a Rashi on the Lacha, but it's a verse that also begins with, I will be with you, right? So um, that, that may be a coincidence or maybe not, because um, it's not the part that is connecting the Rashi. God says, I will be with you. I will guard you everywhere that you go. I will return you to this land because he's about to leave and go to um, meet Lavan. I will not um, abandon you. Ad asher im asiti. Ad, and I'm sure Rick is excited about it with a great um, yativ trap. Ad asher im asiti until I have done et asher dibarti lach. That which I have said to you. Does that mean I'm not going to abandon you all the way through until, or, or certainly not until I have done that which I said to you? And Rashi says, no. Oops. Not to you, but for your needs. And interestingly, Diane Larry, not in this case. Rashi chooses a different way, right? God says to Yaakov, that which I promised to your Saba, Abraham, about his seed. And and now Rashi now Rashi is using the word lecha in his comment the way he says the Torah is using it on your behalf Jacob I promised him not to you I didn't obviously promise Abraham to you but on your behalf he promised him velo leisav this was not a promise to Abraham for all of his descendants but a specific descendant meaning you shalom amarti loki yitzchaki karela chazara I didn't say in the Torah reading that we have on Rosh Hashanah that that Yitzchak will, um, will, will, will be called your seed, but rather Bet Yitzchak, from within Yitzchak, your seed will be called. Below Kol Yitzchak, not the entirety of Isaac's descendants, uh, because otherwise it would have included Esav. And now he gets to the general principle, the Chains. So, Kol Li Velacha Velo Velahem. Rashi is 100% consistent. What did we get? We got 
lecha li lo lachem lehem. And over here, he starts with a li, and he takes out the lachem. Li lecha lo lehem. Hasmuchim etzel dibor, which are samuch next to the root dibor. Mishamshin, we've seen that before in Rashi's language. That's Rashi's grammatic term for how the word is used in a sentence, serves as the language of al, that should be in, in quotation marks, the zeyochiech, and this verse proves it, even though he says our verse proves it, shaharei im Yaakov lo diber kodum lachem, that he had not spoken to Yaakov before now, and that lacha is not, you know, God reminiscing, oh, all those things that I said to you, Jacob, he didn't say anything to Jacob yet. It must be all those things that I said about you when I was talking to your father and grandfather. So um, these, these macro grammatical points that Rashi makes, he sometimes makes more than once and um, for good reason, because until I did some of this gumshoe research, I had forgotten that Rashi made this comment on his words, because I don't have all of Rashi memorized in my mind as much as I'd like to. Okay, uh, I see uh, Barry and I see Sue. Well, I'm concerned that Rashi's um, letting loose of a hold, a grab hold of the original text, and it's letting it go a bit. In the original text, it's it's bulky, but the uh, Moshe's word goes into Aaron's mouth, and uh, and, and in that regard, then Moshe would be the master of that mouth. Uh, in the interpretation we're seeing here. You know, the grammatical uh, uh, discussion just had, um, uh, Aaron is an independent person speaking for Moshe. Uh, It's it's a different uh, interpretation uh, than I think what we see in the text. Um, And you're reading that from, from Rashi's comment? In Rashi, we present this whole discussion here that uh, he, my my translation, he, he will he will for you, for you he will speak, for you he will be a sp- your spokesman, for right. for you, like a favor, he he's, he will help you, he help he will help you by speaking too, but with the in the in the in the in the actual text, it's it's Moshe's word is in. Aaron's mouth, and Aaron's mouth will be as Moshe's mouth, and and Moshe will be the 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 the, the, the Elohim of Aaron's mouth. This, this is more than Aaron just being a spokesman interpreting uh, Moshe's words. Yeah, I think in I think in this case, Rashi is more focused on on resolving a grammatical question than on making a macro point about the relationship between the two of them. So I think his rendering of lacha as bishvilcha is just to disabuse us of the notion that there is a speaking, that Aaron's going to speak to you, rather he's speaking on your behalf. Um, so it may be that he's, that he's, Rashi's not at all changing the, the basic relationship between the two of them, but it's possible. Uh, Sue? I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself in, in two things. One is, I mean, here we are in Shmot, and there's a lot of, you know, there's, a, I mean, we got a whole Torah to go here, and it seems like such a, a big pronouncement to say absolutely everywhere, in every instance, anywhere you say this, it's always, always, always for. I sort of don't get the point. Like, why it, this is, it seems like we're going to find someplace where it's not 
where it's le and can be on or to or if or with or I don't know. There's probably uh, ways to read it. So I don't. Why well, um, such a general principle? Yeah. So early when it's it's about it's one of the most common expressions in the whole Torah. Well, Vaida Ber Adonai is one of the most ex- uh, common expressions, but Le Daber Le as opposed to Daber El is not. Vaidaber Adonai El Moshe Lemor is very common. I don't think Vaidaber Adonai Le Moshe Lemor. And the reason it's not common is because of what Rashi is saying is that Le Daber plus Le doesn't mean speak to. In fact, you could, uh, in fact your, your comment actually in some ways proves Rashi's point. We, as you know, reader, we have hundreds of times where God is speaking to someone and you'll notice, reader, that it's an L there. And L always means two when it comes to the bear, but sometimes you're going to see a da bear and a la, a lamed, not an L, and you're going to be tempted to read it as a two because it's so cl- close to L. And I, Rashi, am telling you, no, that's not the case. And particularly he's telling it here because we've got both. We've got an L and a la, right? It's like, and so, and, and so we could stumble over that. And he's saying to us, the El Ha'am is definitely to the book, to the nation, the lecha is definitely not, according to Rashi, to you. Joel, say what you're say out loud what you're sharing. I was just saying that my book shows a counterexample in, in chapter 32, verse 34, where it has a deber le, and it's clearly two. Meaning there's a your book. It's not a hard and fast rule, it's just a most of the time rule. Your book meaning points out like in a footnote somewhere? Yeah. Or your book, like the Torah. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not just your book, Joel. We all have it. What was the citation? Exodus thirty-two, thirty-four. Uh, let's look at that quickly. Hold on. All right, Exodus thirty-two, thirty-four. Oops, Come on. What's on my computer? Come on, come on. Okay. What do we got here? You have L and L in the same sentence. Viata lech now go nechayataam lead the people L asher dibarti lach to where I spoke told maybe to you to go maybe Hinei malachi yelech lefanecha. Behold, my angel will go in front of you. Uviyom pokti, and when I remember it, ufakati alehem chatatam. But I'm going to bring them account for what they've sinned. So the question is, let's let's see if Rashi says something there on Elasher di Bartilach. See, he does. Yeah, look at that. So this is his own. Uh, um, a departure for from his chok, from his all that it's all the all the time. Yesh kan lach etzel dibur b'makom elacha. Here, reader, you have a usage of lach, the preposition lamed, etzel dibur, connected to the word dibur b'makom in place of elach elacha when it should have been el. V'chein l'daber lo el adoniyahu, and he has another example as well. So interesting. He when Ra, when Rashi. Um, when Rashi makes his comment here, when he made his comment back in Breshit, right? Assuming he writes his commentary chronologically, 
Is it that when he got to here, he had forgotten about Exodus 32? And when he gets to Exodus 32, he doesn't come back and correct it? Or does he not mean here? Does he say the word coal in our verse? Yeah, he says coal. So he says, So he says every, and even in his own commentary, you can find a countertech. Great. That's really interesting, Joel. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.